Today's service is going to be a wrap-up of um, the, the subject that we've been talking about in the month of August. And today's particular title is called The Untapped Value of Honour. The Untapped Value of Honour. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 24 to 36. That's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 24 to 36. And I will read from the ESV translation. Okay. Okay. So it reads, which our more presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to that part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Amen. So when I was reading this verse and I was saying, okay, Lord, what, what do you want to say through this, through me today? The word that came to mind was honour. And I was thinking about it, I thought, what does honour actually mean? What is the significance of honour? Being Nigerian, having a, you know, clearly a Nigerian background, you know, I was forced to have honour for my parents. Or you felt it, right? So, but what was really interesting is though I realised I could show honour in the physical, if someone was to feel me, I would be courteous to my dad, I'd be courteous to my mum, I'd be courteous to my auntie, but they didn't know how I felt inside I said the right thing, I'd done the right thing, but my heart wasn't there. So I thought to myself, okay, this honor thing is a, is, is a big thing, but how big actually is it? What is its significance? How could it actually change my life? How could it change the life of those who are listening? What principles are we missing? What do we need to learn and understand and apply in order for there to be the manifestation of wisdom? So I want to start off like this. You promise that you're going to participate, yeah? Okay, so we're going to play a game. It's a very simple game. All you have to do is shout out what the word spells. Yep. Okay. M-O-P spells... You have to be louder. H-O-P spells... T-O-P spells... What do you do at a green light? At? Interesting. Pause. Pause, right? It's only because this guy knew, right? Now, we all know that at a traffic light, when it's green, right? What are you supposed to do? When it's, when, it's, when it's red, what are you supposed to do? When it's green, you're supposed to... Okay. Now, I said, what are you supposed to do at a green traffic light? And you guys said, stop. Why did you say stop? Does it make sense that you said stop? For those who said yes, I thank God that you're still walking and living here, right? But the reality is, it's not supposed to make sense that you, um, that you go when it's the red light, when you, if you stop, if it's a green light, it doesn't make sense. But what happened is I influenced you. I was making you say words that sounded like stop. So when you thought of traffic light, green, stop but it was influence that affected you. And I thought to myself, how significant, significant is 
influence concerning our ability to honor people? What is influencing you that either allows you to or disallows you to honor people? Take a moment and think about that. What's affecting your conscience? What's affecting your conscious? It's interesting. The Bible talks about a lovely verse I want, to, I want us to share. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And as a children and youth pastor, you know, I use that all the time. You have to be careful who your friends are. But what's really interesting, when we say the grace, we say, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now. Now, the key thing that I want us to focus on is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's change the word. Friendship with the Holy Spirit. A participation in the relationship that you have with God will equate to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's the company you need to keep. If the reality of the significance or the awareness of the Holy Spirit isn't real to you, then something else is real. What's so interesting about the soul is whatever's in the soul tends to be what you perceive as reality. So you have to take, like last week, you have to take sole responsibility as to what you accept in your soul. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. So many people inside this room may be suffering from anxiety, frustration, anger, you name bitterness, unforgiveness, you name the situation that you're going through right now. And the reality is, the Bible says this, we're empty. And in our emptiness, anything can affect us. Maybe the thing that the person to your left you said to you last week has upset you. Maybe the fact that you didn't get the promotion annoyed you. The reality is, when we are empty of the reality of God, then we are susceptible to do all things against the word of God. I'll say that again. When we are empty of the reality of God, we are susceptible to doing all things against God's word, against God's will. Pastor Colin was, um, was preaching this morning and he spoke about worship. And essentially what worship is, is when you're filled. When you're filled with the fullness of God, which is the glory of God, I'll break that down later. When you're filled with the glory of God, then in this position, your perspective, what you see is through the eyes of Christ. Your perspective is no longer your own free from Christ, but your perspective is in line with Christ and the Bible calls that having the mind of Christ. So many Christians believe that they have to try harder, be nicer. God's not calling you to be a nice person. God's calling you to be a child of God. If you're trying to do Christianity empty, at best, at best, you get religion. You may know God, but it's only this when God is being made known. 
You see, the significance of God being made known is what it means to have eternal life. John 17, 6 says this, or I think first three, it says, and this is eternal life, to know God. Let's break that down. Eternal life isn't about quantity. It's not just about you living forever. It goes way beyond that. It's about quality. It is the quality, the standard of the life of God in operation. You can't pretend that's a reality. It's either a reality right now or it's not. And if it's not a reality, the mindset of the Christian is, I need to pursue that to be my reality. Because when that is my reality, I am knowing God. And in, I'm, and, and in my knowing God, I'm making God known. It's not about try harder. It's not about try to be nicer. If you're going to try to do anything, use your time to humble yourself and surrender to the living God who lives in you. The problem is we're too happy to do this. We receive the gospel. Gospel message, you have a new heart, praise God. We're happy. I'm a Christian. I know God. But you seem exactly the same as how you were four years ago. I'm a Christian. I, I, I come to church. Um, you know, I'm part of the, I'm not picking on any teams, I'm part of the welcome team. What you do isn't what defines you. What defines you is what God has done for you that you have accepted. And when you make that the foundation of your life, you're blessed. So many people use the word blessed. How are you doing? I'm blessed. But if you actually knew what the word blessed means, you'd be shocked. Let me break down the word blessed. Right? I'll use my kind of like best way to explain it and I'll just go into scripture. The best way to explain blessed, it is having been delegated the power to walk in the reality of God, knowing him, making him known. So essentially to be blessed is to know that God is with you. It's the reality, it's that life of God at work in you. It is that which makes you blessed. So the blessing is God himself. Me walking in the reality of that blessing, God being with me, God caring for me, God loving me, God healing me, God delivering me, you name it. The reality of that allows me to say, I'm blessed. The significance of the blessing is this. Without the reality of being blessed, you cannot manifest Christ. You cannot honor anyone from the reality of the dimension of the fullness of your heart. It cannot be done. At best, you will honor people for different reasons. Okay, we're all from different countries here. You will honor people based on tradition. You'll honor people based on culture. You'll honor people because it's your job. You'll honor people because, you know, hierarchy. All those things you'll honor people for. But what's so beautiful is when Jesus says this, he's very much aware of it, and he was talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you see, these people, 
Their mouths are closed, will honour me. He actually says, their mouths honour me, but their hearts are far. So that means, unless the fullness of God, my blessing, me being blessed, unless this is real, I can't honour. Think about that. Without the reality of God in your heart, you can't obey. You can't be faithful. What I'm trying to say is everything that God's calling us to be is essentially to reveal him. But in order to reveal him, we have to each day receive him. Yeah, but Pastor Andrew, what are you talking about? I thought he, he never leaves nor forsakes me. He doesn't leave you. And for sure, he doesn't forsake you. He's always going to be there. But your biggest challenge is keeping that door open so he comes in and lives through you. The Bible says, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Think about that. Paul is essentially saying this. This body that you see, you're familiar with it. That's Pastor Andrew. He hasn't changed. He's got the same weight, same height, looking slightly different today, but that's him. I've known him, I've known him since 2015. But the reality is this. Though you know my exterior, the life that is in operation, moving the exterior that you see, is no longer my life, but it's Christ's manifesting in me. The answer to your prayers is Christ. So I was looking at this idea of honour and I thought to myself, what are the things that affect honour? Why can't I honour my brother or my sister here? Maybe she said something that was bad. So I have bitterness. Maybe he done something and there's unforgiveness. The bottom line is this. What if you don't honour God, or specifically, if you don't honour people, the real question... The real question is, what have you justified as the reason as to why you will not honour? Catch this. Let's do the spiritual maths here. You being blessed, filled, will allow you to honour. If you are not honouring, you will break the chain. So guess what? you are the biggest blessing blocker in your life. Not your mom, not your dad, even though your dad done terrible things, even though your mom wasn't there, even though your friends weren't there, you didn't have enough friends. You name the excuse that you use. The reality is, if you hang on to that excuse, you will remain at the level that you are. And how sad is that when God wants to give you everything? I, wanna, I want you to just take a second, just a moment. Close your eyes. People at home, close your eyes. And here's my question to you as you ponder. 
am I going to allow A, B, C, D, what, however many points that are your issues right now, are you going to allow those things to be the reasons why God's blessings for your lives are blocked? Are you going to allow those things to be the reason why you don't honor people? I hope you don't. I hope you choose this afternoon. I hope you face your fear, you face your anger, you face your frustration and you say, you know what? If Christ has died for me and the person who was hurt was the very person who's on the cross, the old me, if, if Christ has died, then the old me should have died too. So why am I still walking with this pain of the past? Why would I allow the pain of the past to distort my ability to love and honor people today and tomorrow and so forth? What's so interesting is this. You can't have honor without love. Honor springs out of love. So the question is, is the reality of God's love for you real to you? And if it's not real to you, why? Do you think God's let you down? Someone said to me this. They said, Pastor A, if God really cared for me, then why did, why did he let me go through what I experienced? And I realized what she said was actually what many people think. Many people try to explain or try to understand the level of God's love for them based on their life experience. And I have a thought for you all. So here's the question. Here's the question here. Are you walking in your blessings? Are you walking in the reality that God loves you? How can I find out? How can you know without life experience telling you that God loves you? Here's, here's the four. It's not about how life deals with you to know if God loves you, but how you deal with life to show you have become the love of God. I'll say that again. It's not about how life deals with you in order for you to say, you know what, this happened, that happened, this happened, I don't have that friend, she said that, he said that, I don't have this, I should have that, society says I should have that, my mom said I should have that, my dad really wants me to have that and I don't have it. Lack. Everything's happening like this, God doesn't love me. Wrong conclusion. Don't base God's love for you on your life experience in terms of what is happening to you. Base God's love for you based on what you're doing in your life. Based because you know he loves you. That's what this is really about. Every distraction that you're going through, every issue that you're going through is trying to hide the idea of you knowing that God loves me. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by, by the pains. Don't be distracted by the words. 
And in fact, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So guess what? If your heart is empty of the reality of God, you're going to speak things that are not in line with how God thinks. But when your heart is full of the reality of God, all of a sudden you're saying things that are in line with faith. Pause. Faith is not a blind jump, as the world may think it is. It's not blind theory, no way. Faith is perceiving information, the person of God from a realm that the world doesn't even exist, believe exists. It is perceiving that information and from perceiving that information, trusting it and living your life based on it. That's what faith is. So the question is, are you perceiving God right now? That's what faith really is. If I encourage everyone to read Hebrews 11, and it's like the hall of faith and like it talks about you know Abraham um, had faith because he'd done this Noah had faith because he'd done this and I asked the young people can you see what faith is and they 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 they, they stand there perplexed I said, no we don't we don't know if you look at Hebrews 11 verse 1 I think to 16 you'll realize that they perceived something believed what they perceived and done it in the time of Noah, there was no understanding what rain was, but yet he had a dream of rain. He saw a flood. He saw a boat. He thought, oh, okay. And through wisdom and understanding, connection with the Holy Spirit, he created the very thing that he perceived, faith. Faith is more powerful than the laws that we live by. Faith won't break laws, just, just let me be clear. God's not a lawbreaker. Faith doesn't break laws, but faith is a supernatural realm that is above elementary laws that we live by. Check this out. So there's this thing called water, right? And this guy called Jesus, right? He must have heard the father say, walk. In front of him was water. Was there doubt? No. He walked. I kid you not. I mean, I was raised a Catholic, right? And I've known about Jesus walking on water since I was like seven. But then it was only about 10 years ago I started reading my Bible. And there's a, there's a book, I think it's Luke. And Luke says a slightly different angle. It says that the boat was two thousand meters or, or it, was, it was far it was like 2,000 meters into the sea and the disciples saw him walk and I clicked wait hold on Jesus walked for 2,000 meters on water what what was I thinking was I thinking it was just by the shore I don't know what I was thinking but he walked for 2,000 meters by faith allowing him to do the impossible. Your destiny, your prophetic future is in the land of the impossible that can only be accessed by faith. If it was possible for you to do it, why would faith be necessary? 
But the very fact that it is impossible for you to do it, that you need the glory, the power, the grace of God to get there, now you'll see the significance of fellowship, relationship, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. He sets you up to perceive what God is saying to you. A lot of the issues that we have in life, do you know what it's usually based on? Our faithlessness. Lord, what should I do? I've been marrying a man who I'm not, I'm not happy with. He's been telling you. I don't know who I'm talking to. I hope, hopefully it's no one here. My friends say I should continue, but I have this thing in my heart. I just, I just don't think I, 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 I should. That's the Lord, possibly. Maybe you should pray into it. Maybe you shouldn't make more decisions with your own understanding. See, here's the problem when you make decisions with your own understanding, even small ones. The Bible says, don't forsake the um, small beginnings. So people say to me, oh, Andrew, it's fine, man. You know, it's a small thing. I don't need faith for that. Are you sure? Because that small thing will produce another small thing that will produce another small thing that you, need to, that you need faith for. And then guess what? You meet your Goliath and you're so loaded with you walking by faith that it is but a small thing in your eyes because you know who's with you and whose you are. So, the fullness of God, the worship, the state of worship that goes beyond just singing, it is your heart completely open and filled, overflowing with the Spirit of God. All you see, all you perceive is God. God's saying, live like that each day. So whether you're cutting cucumbers, whether you're wiping the baby's bottom, whether you're doing your studies, it doesn't matter what you're doing in the natural, the, the, heart, the, the state of the heart is in a state of worship. And because it's in a state of worship, you're not going to be in a state of self. We spoke about this last week. For those who weren't there, let's do, let's play a, let's see how smart you are. We were talking about flesh, and flesh is, a, is an option that a human can operate by. We've got two options. We can operate by, by flesh or we can operate by faith. We have one nature, we're spirit, but we can function being led by the spirit or we can try and lead ourselves. And I realized that if you take the H out of flesh and turn the word round, what does it spell? Self. So when you're operating in the flesh, you're living for self. When you're operating, or should I say you are self-centered. When you're operating in the spirit, you're living for Christ and you are Christ-centered. So here's a new question for the moment. What has taken center stage of your heart right now? Some of you, this, I'm going into the prophetic a little bit. There's someone here who's been a Christian for about six or seven years and it's just been very basic. 
you've just walked. You, you know God, but you've never surrendered to him to the place that the words that I'm saying sounds like. You've known God, you've gone to church, your mum's a Christian, your family kind of knows God, but you just, you've just done enough to have the title of, the Christ, of being a Christian, but maybe not the evidence. Maybe that's in line with many of you here. I want you to know this, you don't have to strive for God's love. He desires you to know God's love. God desires you more than you desire him. Work that one out. So if that's true, if God cares for you more than you could even care for him, if he's forgiven, let, let's, let's do the maths. If he's forgiven you, if he's taken your sins um, um, as far as east is to west, if he's forgiven you, he's accepted you, he's, he's made you new in him, he's made you his child, if he's done all of these things, why do you still feel condemned? Why do you still feel unworthy? Why do you still feel unloved? Are you trying to find a sense of love based on the people around you? I hope you don't. Because if you do that, you are setting yourself up to be let down even by those who are supposed to care for you. Allow the love of God to be the centerpiece of everything. Maybe you're going through hurt. Allow the love of God to be the reason. That, you see, the mind of Christ allows you to have the bigger picture. Self-centeredness is small picture. It's all about the moment. I feel like this now. And because I feel like this now, life is like this. And your words will testify to how you feel. But the saddest thing about talking based on your feelings is how momentary are feelings. I feel this way because someone tripped me up and everyone started laughing. Two minutes later, a millionaire comes up to me. Here's a million pounds. Do you feel, do you think I feel embarrassed at that time? I was saying all sorts two minutes ago. And now I'm singing to the Lord. Based on circumstance. That's faithless, unfortunately. If you're only going to sing when you're winning. It's a sad place to be. Because if you define winning based on what's happening in the natural there are people I know in this church who haven't looked in the natural to be winning for quite some time. But the mind of Christ lets you free from what's happening in the natural and your peace, your joy, your centeredness is found in him. So yes, you're going through rocky times, but guess what? You're strong. Being blessed is to be empowered. I'll say it again. Being blessed is to be empowered with the reality of God. We are blessed to honor. To honor comes from love. So check this out. If you're empowered by God's love, you are blessed to honor.
why are we cutting ourselves off from God's blessing, from honoring people? Let that not be the case anymore. And let's deal with the principles. Okay, what can we do then? You've told me it's not good to dishonor, right? How can I, what's the significance of honoring and how can this happen? Point number one, reverence in your heart, God and people he has set above you. Reverence in your heart, God first and the people he set above you, your mom, your dad, your boss, whoever is in positions above you. Set yourself up one to reverence God and from there to honor God and from there that reality that of on that which which honoring God brings to your mind will allow you to honor those people in front of you ahead of you for whatever reason it will allow you to honor them why because there's blessing in honoring authority this is a spiritual principle that unfortunately young people don't know. It's terrible. And it's not just young people because guess where the young people learn it from? So don't think it's about doing jobs. Don't think about it's about doing, you know, jobs that are beneath you. That's false humility. If you think mopping up the floor or cleaning the toilets is a job that is beneath you, but you feel that you have to do that particular thing in order to humble yourself... No. It's just you're, you're dirty still with a hardened heart. It's not the job itself that brings humility. Humility is actually a byproduct of first honouring God. But you can only honour God by receiving his love. That's the second principle. Number three. Say the truth without dishonouring people. Truth without love is destructive. Love without truth is deceptive. If you can't speak the truth in love, shh, wait until you can. Say the truth. Principle three, honoring. How does this work? How can, what can I do? What's the application? Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord, um, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So key. The Bible says, where your treasure is, so your heart shall be. That's where your heart will be. Wherever you value, your heart will be connected to that thing that you're valuing. Money is a big thing, guys. And if I'm honest with you, your bank statement will reveal to me, if you, if you gave me the privilege to see it, what you're actually honoring in life. Honoring God with the first fruits of your money that you receive monthly, weekly, whatever, right? It's such a beautiful thing because it keeps you in line with the fact that God is your provider. Very important. God's your provider. He's the one why you got the money in the first place. So stay connected, engaged with his reality so that he remains king, not money. Number four, serve. Luke twenty two twenty six 26 says this, 
but not so you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as, become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. If you're not serving, you're not honoring anyone. I went to a school down the road called Cardinal Vaughan. And on the crest was a Latin saying, it was amre et servire, which basically means to love and to serve. The interesting thing, to love is to serve. So once again, ask yourself, am I serving anyone? Am I loving on anyone? Or, only, or, or are you only loving the people who love on you? What's the point of only loving or taking care of those who like you? How powerful will it be on Tuesday when people come back to work and the people you know don't like you, you just bless them with a car with some money in it? Oh my God, they won't know what's happening. How interesting would it be if you, you see, when you have the mind of Christ, when we surrender our heart daily, God allows us to see who's in need. There's an interesting stat. Above the age of 16, 40, in this country, 45% of, na- of the nation feel moments of loneliness. 45%. This was taken in like 2018. We're in 2021. So the chances are it's probably higher. So check this out. I want everyone to look to the person to their left. If there's someone at your, to your left. And I want, some, I want everyone to look at the person to your right. According to the stats, one of those two people in a moment this year will feel lonely. Do you know what's so sad? What I find sad about church sometimes. That we come in, but we don't really know each other. How powerful would it be if we all came in with the mind of Christ? We, we weren't seeking to be loved, but we were so loved by God that we became the love of God for others. We didn't need things. But we desired, because of that love reality, to love on people. Imagine how fantastic that would be. Final point. Humility. Humility and brokenness is one of the final points to ensure that you keep honouring people. Because if you're honouring people, you are walking with the love of God. The Bible says this, Psalms 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Matthew verse 5, 3 says, blessed are the the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 21, 44 says, says this, He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone whom it falls will be crushed. And this is my final illustration of the day. The egg represents your heart. And right now, this is a a hard heart. When I was reading Psalms 51, 17, it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken Spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. So essentially, God is looking for you to seek him. Who is him? He's the word of God. To break your heart upon who he is. 
Apostle Colin has been speaking about um, um, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. God wants you to be empty of self. And you can only empty self when you receive God's love. God's word is what God wants you to keep on knocking on. Keep on knocking that heart of yours each day until it breaks each day, until you're emptied each day so you can receive the fullness of him. And when you receive the fullness of him each day, I want you all to know this. The fullness of him is perfect love. Love is perfected when we love each other. So put this together. The end result is for you to love people. But God say, in order for you to love people, you have to keep on receiving him. Be free from self. Be free from pride. Be free from dishonoring. It's all about God's love. God's love is what reveals to you identity. Through intimacy, your identity is realized as you walk in authority. When you're walking in authority, it's as if God has said, because of your time spent with him, it's as if God has said, yes, you have submitted yourself, you have honored me, and now I ordain you, I authorize you to reveal me. As we welcome back the worship team, I want everyone just to close their eyes. Honoring God is the most important thing because as you honor God, it positions you to receive his love. The blessing is walking in the fullness of his love for you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone who's heard this message this, this afternoon decides or realizes that God's love isn't something that they have to to, to work hard for is something that they simply have to accept. I'm not just talking about those who don't know Christ. No, no, no. I'm talking about those who know Christ. Lord, I pray that the hurts, the pains that have caused people to, to go up and down in their relationship with you, Lord, I pray that those pains finally come face to face with the blood of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that the blood of Jesus speaks better things. The sin that was done to people, Lord, I thank you that grace abounds over those sins. No matter what anyone has gone through, no matter what anyone is going through, I am believing in the word of God to be true and for your feelings to be a lie. For your feelings no longer to be the thing that moves you, but the word of God. And I pray that the word of God is unpacked and the power of the word, the love of God is released into your heart so that you can know for yourself that you are blessed. And you are blessed because you honoured God. And because you honoured God, you have the capacity to honour people. And as that love of God is deposited in people's hearts because you're walking in the love of God, the life of the gospel shall be seen. The preaching of the gospel doesn't just have to happen in words. 
but it can happen in actions. And I pray that the life of God is activated more and more in each heart in this room, more so day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.